1: every team, every topic, everywhere
2: this is believe. On this week's episode of Damsels in the DMs,
1: I can't help but be an activist in my work because I literally am just talking all day and creating space, safe spaces for people when I curate events and when I make a stage and a platform and it's I have a responsibility. To defend those people in those spaces and stand by the things that I believe because of the treatment I faced as like a black, fat, queer man operating in a very like not that world. And so if I am no longer compromising on how people will treat will treat me, I can't do that. I can't mistreat other people. And I also can't let other people mistreat mistreated in front of me.
2: There's some damsels in the DM. DM? you? Hey, please tell us what's the vibe. Of- DMs, DMs. <laughs> yeah, we see them. Yeah, we read them.
1: DMs, DMs. We don't need them. We just leave them. Please. Yeah.
3: It's going down in the DMs. Bye hello everyone and welcome to another episode of damsels in the dms i'm oj
2: and i'm alejandro
3: and we're back me and you baby <laughs> i'm
2: excited it's so good to finally see you it's been quite some time
3: it's been quite some time we're we're still we're building on episodes me and you we're gonna do it we're gonna get back to it being equal because i feel like it's either you and lauren or me and lauren and i i miss you <laughs>
2: You know I miss you, too. It's just been nonstop. I feel like for both of us, it's just yeah uh, but what is what is I think that's something that I'm really grateful for, too, you know, in spite of how stressful it can be, you know, having opportunities to just like let ourselves shine in the best way possible. It's like, okay, I'm here for it.
3: yes, I love that. You mentioned something about the full moon just off air, and I have been trying to blame someone or something for oh. my mood this week. <laughs> <laughs> I went out on Saturday night and I had like a very, you know, tiring Sunday It went into Monday and I'm like, you know what? Tuesday I'll feel better. Tuesday I can, to this morning, I could not wake up. Like I was like, I'm so exhausted. I feel like I'm so drained and I want to have energy. Like I love having my mornings and, you know, having my morning routines. That's what like keeps me going. But lately, like, or just this week, I feel like I've just been like pushing.
2: it. Yeah, same. I don't know. I've been struggling with going to sleep and falling asleep. And then obviously that leads to having trouble waking up fully in the morning. But yeah, speaking of Saturday, uh, by the time this, Comes out, it'll be way after the fact. But I was excited because we had our Outfest premiere for Undocumented Tales, so that was like a crazy, emotionally exciting day for the whole team. And I hadn't seen the episode; I hadn't seen really any of the footage except for like the trailer. So being able to like be present with everyone in the audience and to see people's react, to see the the whole episode unfold, and to see everyone shining as brightly as they did was amazing but in addition to experience the audience's reaction to my character and like the lines that I had I mean my character was a little like snarky like little diva whatever but yeah there's something really special about you know having people either identify with it or respond to it in such a way where it's just like oh they're, they're kind of getting into this this is cool have you ever had an experience like that
3: I feel like for me, it's only with class because I haven't been out in the field uh, like you with, you know, you're doing so much. You're really, really like doing all these amazing projects and stuff that gets not attention, but like uh, seen by a lot of people, which is really cool. I've never had that opportunity, nor have I put myself out there for that, to do that. Mm -hmm. But it would be really cool to have, you know, some. I feel like with acting classes, the only is the furthest I can go with feeling that way. And we do have this moment. I actually really love this new acting class that I'm in because it kind of feels like like how you have your Q&As after, you know, everyone sees your film. And it feels like that because we do our performances and then we sit there with like our scene partner mm-hmm. and um, everyone, you know, we like talk about it and we talk about our experiences. So like, that's the only feeling that I've gotten from something like that, but yeah.
2: It's special. Well, speaking of getting up there and putting it all out there for an audience, today's guest, Nico Diaz of the New Rican Poets Cafe, poet and cultural curator from the Bronx, is on to join us. And oh my goodness, I'm so excited for not only the work that he's doing on a personal level, but the fact that he is being an activist for many communities. It's super exciting. I'm very thrilled that he was willing to come on and join us today.
3: And I'm really excited for you guys to listen to this episode because we get a little, a little treat in the middle of it. We get a little, we get a little, um, uh, present from him, which is really nice. A gift of poetry.
2: Yes. So tune in, get excited and strap up. It's going to be exciting. It's going to be a wild ride. (laughs)
3: Let's do it.
2: Hello, hello, Miko! Oh my goodness! Thank you so, 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 so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to come and join us here on the podcast. How are
1: you? Of course, I am doing well. Busy day, as I said. We were just had a school visit earlier today with students from Columbia University at the cafe, and then I had a meeting with La Bruja. Did lunch in between, so it's been a very productive, uh, busy day. But no, no complaints on this end. Awesome,
2: awesome. Oh, and oh, yesterday man. was the oh, another open mic,
1: you said? Yeah, so we do our Monday night open mics um, every Monday. And so yesterday was a great one because we were celebrating La Bruja's uh, 27th anniversary of being La Bruja. So she did a, a opening performance. And uh, before she went up, I performed one of her poems that I love, Lola. Um, it's on YouTube. Um, but yeah, so I did a, a, a cover of her poem. So, okay. uh, yeah, it's, it's great. And
3: Nico, for the listeners who don't know or on, are not aware, can you tell us what the Poets Cafe is and who La Bruja is too?
1: Of course. So the New European Poets Cafe is a cultural institution, has been a signature staple of the New York City lim- uh, nightlife scene um, for emerging artists since 1973. So we're just entering our 50th years of existence and legends have been born there like countless folks who were big in the, not just poetry but in theater hip-hop jazz you name it we have a foot in it um but one of our, our signature things is uh, slam poetry it was really brought to the mainstream there it started in chicago then it was brought over to us and we've kind of been holding it down ever since so that's the New Riga poets cafe um it's in the lower east side and we own the building so it's been against the the pressures of gentrification and different th- things it's still existing which is a, a huge accomplishment um and then la bruja is my boss the executive director of the cafe new york poet she's been in the game for over you know 30 years but 27 as la bruja and she was appointed to executive director last february and so i'm her uh chief of staff so and it's crazy our work together how we Interacted was, you know, the, kind of the school visit that I did today for Columbia University students. She did a school visit to my high school when I was 15.
2: Wow, in East
1: wow. So she was the whole reason that I got put on to spoken word in the first place and uh, been a fan ever since. And then, you know, I was a closet poet for a long time and then didn't start performing in earnest till last year. And so as she became executive director, I started performing at the cafe. Kind of full circle moments, and then she hired me this past October to to support her um, and the and the work. So, yeah, that's a little bit about a New Rican in uh, La Bruba. Right.
2: Well, congrats
3: for being hired as chief of staff. That's a huge accomplishment, especially for someone who for to work for someone who's so like an icon, I would say, at the Poets Cafe, right? And for being involved for that long, like that, is a feat. Can you tell us a bit about yourself? Where you're from, and then I know that you said that you were introduced to the Poets Cafe into uh, to her when you were in high school. So your relationship with like writing and poetry, um, mm. just all of all of the good stuff. Take us back.
1: Yeah. Well, I'm Sagittarius. <laughs> uh, <Cool>. So <laughs> yeah, no. Um, so uh, a little bit about me. So I'm a New Yorker. So my uh, parents were both born in New York, but on my on my mom's side. My grandmother was born here, so even farther back. And then my dad, his mom came from Puerto Rico. So, but they grew up both in Spanish Harlem and then met and then had a family. And so I'm the first from their marriage. And so I come from a New Yorker background myself, but grew up between the Bronx and East Harlem. So I read both and still live in the Bronx today, not even like a mile away from where my mom lives and but i was the first person my family to go away to college so i went to cornell university in upstate new york and was kind of like the proverbial speck in the grits like a person of color in a majority white institution but coming from a low-income background a predominantly latino community there was a culture shock but i also had very clear eyes on the prize of like what i was set to do there and so i ended up really you know finding the english major and latino studies minor as like a safe space for me academically. So I've always loved writing and, and literature. And that goes back to my days in third grade when I wrote my first poem, and inspired by an Edgar Allan Poe piece. And so from there, I always knew I loved literature and poetry, but you know coming from a first gen family, you know they're like, oh, you should be a doctor, like do that. So I was pre-med originally, but then that quickly changed. And I ended up working in education uh, for 10 years after graduating college so that took me to Miami it took me to Boston finally back to New York and then pandemic hit and I was you know making six figures working at a high-performing charter network in New York City and all of a sudden that was gone and so mm-hmm. I was went from literally you know being very comfortable with the title the salary all this kind of stuff to like being on the phone every day in the summer of 2020 like calling unemployment like where is my money I need to you know. Stress. And so, in that kind of like rug being pulled from under me, I found like, yo, know, poetry again. And it was just a mental health practice to help me get through anxiety and depression during the pandemic. But then it really became like, who am I when I'm stripped of everything? It's like, I'm an artist, I'm a poet. And so, started writing again, performing, even though I have terrible stage fright. Like, I overcame all that. So, now, like, doing the thing, um, curating events in the Bronx, working at the cafe and stuff. Good on you.
3: Thank you. Speaking for me is like the scariest thing too. So really good on you for, you know, for getting up there and and love into whoever's listening. I I
2: truly believe in jumping into situations that make us feel uncomfortable because I feel like Mm -hmm. there's always something that we can learn either about the experience, about ourselves. (laughs) And I'm also curious in what ways Have you been surprised by your own ability to get up on stage or um, even feedback from people who are in attendance?
1: Yeah, I, uh, I had a conversation with one of the students from Columbia today. And, you know, a lot of my journey, even before like being an artist and poet, like a lot of my journey, it was healing the wounds that I had from childhood and the ways it manifested into unhealthy relationships that I had with friends, family romantic partners and a lot of the people pleasing that i needed to do and losing that to just embrace my truth as uncomfortable as that is for anyone and not settling for anything anymore. And so i told her i was like the greatest thing you can do in your life is surprise yourself. Isn't it a joy every single time you like i didn't know i was capable of that but wow i did that, you know as um it's, it's thrilling. It's the it's the the most fun you'll ever have is with yourself and surprising yourself. So <laughs> the biggest thing that I've I've been surprised by is just like my boldness. I think I would say is like I'm a I have a pretty you know spicy sense of humor and I like a lot of my earlier poetry when I started was like heartbreak and like depressing and then like there's still some there's still a lot of that but I I like to take risks now because as as a queer poet I'm all about like talking about subversive topics and I'm a subvert, like my identity is inherently subversive. So in my poetry, I always sprinkle that in. And one of the the spiciest poems that I have is called True Intimacy, in which like, for a large part of the poem, like I'm simulating like dirty talk while I'm having sex. And uh, I've done this at uh, Erotic Open Mics in the Bronx. That was the first time I did it. I wrote it on the ride there. I was like oh I need an erotic poem I don't really write that naturally that kind of poetry so I did that and the reaction was great and now I perform that piece regularly and it always gets a lot of cool hits and for me it's important to say that poem out loud because I hear so much you know like erotic poetry is very commonplace with, with straight poets it's like oh I mean you know like, and you kind of hear the same things but like queer poets there isn't always that space for that and I'm like I'm a very you know sexual person and I feel very comfortable and sex positive about anybody engaging in anything that gives them pleasure so why not let me try it out so yeah that was probably the most surprising poem that I've I've written and performed and it was like you said like uncomfortable I was scared to do it but like after doing it it was like oh this okay I need to do more stuff like this so yeah
3: with with songs you know like i've and like music i feel like it's also a lot of straight men who sing like they're they're just very you know like dirty and sexual in their lyrics but i don't see enough
1: LGBTQ. lgbtq
3: folks doing that
1: yeah and you know even even like women female artists like WAP, like WAP was so scandalous because it was like a woman two women like talking about like You know how good it is, and when that when it made those waves, it like really challenged like what was appropriate for hip hop or rap or main or pop music, and and really challenging those dynamics and and making commonplace taboo or like fringe conversations. It's like why are those on the margin? So yeah.
2: But I do remember a time when Lil' Kim, Foxy Brown, Shauna, Trina, they were also on the radio waves doing similar things. So, you know, although it's not completely new, it is nice to see that there are still efforts being made for important voices to be shared about intimate and sexual experiences that might be had.
1: Yeah, no, it's it's like... It's important to like take but for those conversations to take center stage. Hmm. It's like, why are they like, I don't know, like, there are so many, like, Lil Nas X is like the one mainstream queer rapper, but there's probably, there's a lot more that came before him and more yeah. that will come after. And so, how are we having conversations about, you know, men on man love or women on women love and in the intimacy and, and making that okay? Because you know, uh, when I think about my own coming out story and like the struggles that I have when it comes to connecting, not just sexually but like intimately with a, a, a emotionally with a, with a, a a man, it's hard to like surrender and do that. And there's a lot of shame growing up, like with in a Latino household, very like ca- Catholic influence. There's just like a lot of like Ugh, this still feels wrong. Yeah, and overcoming that to like be like no i deserve to feel be held i deserve to be little spoon you know <laughs> like yeah. there's okay it's okay to want that you know so yeah
2: absolutely i mean you're in such a unique position of empowering not only yourself but others do you see yourself as a community advocate
1: yeah yes and uh you seemed apprehensive yeah i was uh because when i was in college i don't think advocate is the word i think activist Uh, is sort of uh, where i feel more comfortable um now and i didn't always feel that way because in college there was like there was like a uh like a uh, a scary word taboo like it was like if you're an activist you're gonna get kicked off campus and you're not gonna get your degree and like i didn't have that luxury to risk it so i felt very like i'm not an activist. But like, I'm going to be a student leader and like work with administration to make policy changes and do all that kind of stuff. But now, like, I can't help but be an activist in my work because I literally am just talking all day and creating space, safe spaces for people when I curate events and when I make a stage and a platform. And it's I have a responsibility to defend those people in those spaces and stand by the things that I believe because of the treatment I've faced as like. A black fat queer man operating in a very like not that world and so if i am no longer compromising on how people will treat will treat me i can't do that i can't mistreat other people and i also can't let other people mistreated in front of me so that makes <clears throat> me an activist because a lot of my work is about creating spaces where spaces don't exist about pushing conversation pushing individuals and in everything that i do like it's as simple as like painting my nails like that is an act of you know revolution in a lot of ways and it people are like oh my god i love your nails and whatever but how many other people who don't love my nails or don't say that Mm -hmm. so definitely i feel like it's so important for me to to be an activist for all the things that i care about and for all all the people who don't have the skill that i have right with communicating with the the skills that i have professionally from you know navigating these halls of power and figuring it out and being able to do that. And like, I'm like, who, who better than me to defend those folks?
3: Who is the New Yorican Poets Cafe for?
1: Oh man. I like to say like the freaks, geeks, people of the street, you know, it's like, uh, you know, from its inception, you know, uh, most, a lot of our founders were queer, queer mm-hmm. men, uh, of the New Yorican, uh, experience. And so, with that like right like it's inherently queer it's inherently founded for people of color i I think first and foremost but really like you know there's also a lot of opportunity for women to have a space in it like white women through the, the connections with feminism so like i feel like the new recomposed cafe is anybody who is trying to do the work personally politically to challenge a lot of the mores and systems of oppression that exists through performance and um, it's primarily performance because and we have the stage it's always been about poetry being spoken out loud and not just written in a in a book or in text because while that's important and there's a huge impact there a lot of what publishing companies promote is like you have to fit a certain archetype or your poetry needs to look a particular way and it's not accessible to everyone and inherently the English language is oppressive and, and and like what's so great about New Eurekan poetry is that it's bilingual. So much of and flows back and forth between Spanish and English. And so, yeah, that's uh I would say that's who the cafes for.
3: Okay, so I'm going to be in New York in June for like ten days, and I really want to come as an audience member. How, like, is it? Is it a membership community? Like, you know, like the like, or is it open? How do you get tickets? Like, I. I yeah really want to. Know.
1: Well, you can follow us on Instagram at new york oh. compose cafe. Um and then on our link tree you can get linked to our events calendar. From oh, there cool. you can click whatever event you want and we do events Monday, Wednesdays and Fridays every week and then there's sometimes special events that happen on Tuesdays and Thursdays and Saturdays as well. Um and Sundays. So it like just yeah, check the events calendar, you can buy tickets. Um you know, our most expensive event is our Friday Night Slam, which sells out every single week. And those are our champions from other slams. So it's like the creme de la creme of, like, poets. And it's always a beautiful experience. Always, always really fun. Uh Hosted by Jack Poetic. So, yeah.
2: So I want to go yeah. back to La Bruja, Carida de la Luz. And it sounds like you have had so much time to work so closely with her. And... I'm just curious. What do you think are some important lessons that you've learned from your relationship with her, or seeing her shine, or working with her?
1: The fact that you know I get to work with my hero and mentor, and every single day, and like as closely as we work, and 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 doing the amazing things that we've been able to do in spite of the obstacles that we've had to face. It's been, you know, uh, the New Regan Post Cafe is a 50-year-old institution but doesn't have a 50-year-old infrastructure mm-hmm. there's just a lot of things that we're just like reinventing the wheel with particularly post-pandemic that we're like just learning on the job and combating a pretty you know machismo culture that has existed yeah. uh, by extension yeah. of being new Rican and a lot of those factors and so to have a woman of color at the helm with a, a queer man as her chief of staff we're like really dealing with a lot of obstacles just culturally and fundamentally and every day though like her work ethic is just incredible like she never gives up she's always on it very much cares takes takes this work very seriously and um has a clear sense of her purpose and sort of like her morals and i've never met a person who's just like so as at the same person that she is on stage is the same person she is when she gets steps off stage. And that alignment and consistency is something I've, I've been modeling as well and learning from her. That's one lesson. So I think alignment is key. I think the second thing that I've learned from her is just uh, always to have fun and particularly like, you know, like I get stage fright and she goes up there and she's just, Natural, you know, like easy breezy, beautiful cover girl, and I'm like, oh, like holding the mic and really thinking about my next thing, whatever. And she's like, if you're not having fun, you're not doing it right. And so I think that is one piece of it, but also like, even when you know, when we do stool visits or we have students, like I learned how to teach a particular way that was very regimented and organized, and poetry should not look like that, right? If you want poetry, always the flourish, creativity to like. You need to, like, go with the flow a little bit more. So, yeah, I would say, like, alignment, have fun with it. And the third, not compromising either. Yeah. It's like as an artist, there's some things you don't need to compromise for, no matter what. So, those are the big three.
3: Would it be putting you too much on the spot to ask you to recite, like, a small, short little thing?
1: Do you want me to do a poem? Oh. Maybe. Like, of course. I mean, I have some memories. Okay, so, this one is called Oh Uptown, and it is written. Um, it's a sonnet, so, a Shakespearean sonnet written uh, about my love for where I'm from, Uptown, New York, which will be described in the poem. Oh Uptown, how do I love thee? Let me count the ways. I love thee and thy hoods, Bronx, Harlem, the heights, a triumph. Of realness in sounds, smells, and sights. Oh, how thou art misjudged, yet you do amaze for beating all the odds and doing so with grace. I love thee for thy slang, dead ass, mad I ain't No cap brick city, son. Yeah, I'm OD tight. My guy, say with thy chest, fuck out my face. I love thee for thy vibes, the y coros, bright flashing lights, milky clouds of hookah smoke, dembo booming perreo, true tesoros. Here, we honor our cultura, our kinfolk. Our love is late. Our love cannot be deterred. So without further ado, can I get a year? And then
2: you uh, are
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. awesome. Yeah. So uh, yeah, that's that's uh that's a crowd pleaser. It's a uh, one of one of the pieces I perform a lot and that's all uptown.
3: Beautiful. I, I love, love it.
2: that it reminds me of um was it Plenas? Plenas were like the call and response songs, mm. right? Where it's just like they and the musician sing something and then it's like the audience is supposed to... Yeah,
1: call and response, back. yeah.
2: That that's like, that's kind of reminds me of that. And what a okay. gift it was, a truth tesoro. <laughs> yeah,
1: yes, yes.
2: Well, we're in April right now. So yeah, what Poetry other Month. things do you have in the works for National Poetry Month?
1: Well, yeah, like I said, it's National Poetry Month and we have a lot happening. So in addition to inheriting the cafe and the legacy and, and having doing all the work to protect it we are also preparing for a three-year renovation we got a 24 million dollar grant from new york city and the entire building is getting renovated so we're going to have theater, two theaters elevator four floors it's going to be amazing oh my God. Um, and so we're preparing for that for the end of this year anywhere from september to january so as we prepare for that i'm like okay we got to maximize what we're doing here at the cafe so for national poetry month we're increasing our programming we're doubling it up so we're adding a program monday wednesday and friday every single day so basically giving more people opportunities to have a stage and a place to call their own um, so that's happening for national poetry month and then like personally like i know that i'm really booked and busy like just i have other open mics that i'm hosting in the bronx i have a uh, feature Writing workshop that I'm hosting. So, in addition to like the stuff of like just holding it down for the cafe, I also have like my own poetry things that are happening throughout New York City and and all of that. So, it is very busy. In
2: addition <laughs> to the where the New York Weekend Poets Cafe is located, are there any other spots that you like performing at?
1: Um, well, so yes, I have my home bar, Barrio Bx in the So, I started hosting an open mic there in September. And it's been growing and getting progressively bigger. So I love performing there. Obviously, like that's like, you know, my community and like they come from the Bronx. And so, and it's not as far as the as the cafe, which is in the Lower East Side. So it's a much shorter Uber ride. Um, so yeah, so Barrio BX is a great place to perform. And uh, I've also performed at the Bowery Poetry Club, uh, which is like in the Lower East Side, not too far from the cafe. And they have um, this LGBTQ open mic called Endless Blue. So yeah, those are, those are like probably my favorite two places to
2: perform. Well, I can't check. I can't wait to check these spots out whenever I'm in New York again. Damn. love. Well, yeah, let me
1: know.
2: Yeah. oh, yeah.
3: If you're there in June, we should go together.
2: Yeah. That would be so
1: much fun. June is going to be busy. It's pride month. Uh, that's true.
2: Oh, and oh, I'm going to be, crazy.
1: yeah. And I'm going to be performing at Queens pride. So mm-hmm.
2: yes,
1: congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah
2: what are some what? personal goals that oh, you
3: have?
2: We're gonna ask the same question oh, alignment yes let's keep it <laughs> <laughs>
1: um your personal goals you know i have I'm, I'm a baby poet i would like to say like even though like i've been writing poetry for a long time i published a few places but i'm not nearly as robust and i so i've been writing a, uh like chapbooks and working on a collection of poetry for a while so i definitely want to publish and like go ham before the end of the year because I want to host my launch party at the cafe before we close our doors so that kind of puts like a little bit of like pressure on me it's like okay I know we're gonna close by this day that means I need to have my shit together to publish by this point so definitely publishing a collection of poetry this year and I think I've also like more broadly like I just love writing in general and literature um, in addition to hosting open mics at the restaurant in the Bronx also was a book club there so we bring authors who come in and like we've had pulitzer prize winners new york times bestselling authors authors of classics come in to the uh to the restaurant and have a and I moderate a q and a with them about what it was like writing the book what did they hope to achieve and then doing a q and a with uh our audience members so i mean i you know i want to write a novel i want to get you know, like, I want to be a literary figure. That's definitely like my, my goal. Um, and, but not losing sight of still like being here in the Bronx, doing the work that's important to me to provide more literary spaces because right now the Bronx is like a book desert. Like there's only one brick and mortar bookstore in the entire borough.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Wow. And yeah. And like, there's a lot of pop-up bookstores or like online bookstores that are like Bronx facing, but like, you know, the last Barnes of nobles was torn down like probably like this point eight years ago, something like that, 10 years ago. So it's, it's an injustice. And so we, we have so much talent here. This is the birthplace of hip hop. And so making it like a movement up here with there's so many creatives curating these spaces and and doing this kind of work is so much part of what I, what I hope to do. So continue being an activist, mm-hmm. uh, doing that kind of work. Mm-hmm. And who knows? I don't know. I want to take some acting classes too. <laughs> um, I've never done acting classes. I just I'm naturally dramatic. Uh, so yeah, doing some of that stuff. So I don't know. i La bru has a great example where she just kind of did what she wanted to do with her career. She did acting, she did hip hop, she did poetry always, and she theater. so she's she's definitely been a great example of like I just do whatever I want as like the, the things get interesting.
3: The number one thing that a lot of people say after they've had a performance or like done something um, is, oh, it wasn't as bad as I thought. Mm -hmm. And that's literally exactly what goes through most of our minds. It's like we'll do it and then we'll like psych ourselves out. And there's that voice in your head that's like, you're not good enough or you suck. You did it. Like, you know, this voice that lies to you. And then you go ahead and you do it and you watch it back or you like talk to people and you're like, or the feeling that you get after is like, wow, that wasn't as bad as I thought it was gonna be. Yeah.
1: You know, if, if you're not comfortable and you're not growing.
2: That's true. In the midst of all that you're accomplishing, how do you keep yourself grounded? Like what are some either healthy habits or certain things that you start your day with?
1: morning rituals um
3: yes it's <laughs>
1: yeah, a good question oh, girlies. i am not a morning person i will say that quite frankly what i love about poetry is that it's a very much like we're vampires and you know, creatures of the night but um when i do wake up <laughs> noonish uh some days 11 others but um i love starting my day with like hydrating first thing and foremost because i know that also helps you stay up and blah 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 so i do that i like drinking peppermint tea just breathe and clear and i always like it also is like uh what when um i did some reading about like you know uh writing even getting ritualistic and approaching writing and so um make a tea and then i have my journal like some candles and i like journaling uh at the beginning of the day so i've had this journal here that i like just this is not a poetry journal it's like really like just reflecting getting out the the gunk the mental hygiene stuff mm-hmm. uh, find that helps and so yeah obviously journaling in the morning drinking that cup of tea and then like just pouring out the to-do list as well in, a, in another notebook so it's like i guess i do writing <laughs> like i write um, to help me with stuff and then before i know it i have to be in the cafe pretty much so those are some of like my go-to rituals, nothing too complicated. Because again, I'm not a morning person. And before I know it, I got to be like out the door. So if I if I do have that morning time, it's like centering myself, doing some reflection and getting organized.
3: Speaking of the uh, morning rituals that you were saying about putting rituals into your craft, have you read Twyla Tharp's book? Mm-mm. Hold on. She's a choreographer. Um, I think she did ballet. She uh, writes about the creative habit, um, okay. and I'm I'm such a book girly, and I'm such like a self help book girly that I do too many, and I just need to stick to a couple and really just you know mm. master a couple books. But yeah, this is the the cover of it. Okay, the, the creative
1: and habit, learning to use it
3: Yes, and I she talks that. about rituals and creating these rituals to stay creative and to stay, um, you know motivated in your craft especially because artists and creatives are just like it is we go through a lot we really do and it's you know we we come from all different backgrounds we have different experiences and we feel a lot I feel like more than uh the general population um or Mm -hmm. we have to like maybe not that's not really a good sentence but we express our feelings a lot more and we show it in our art and we are like entertaining our feelings for everyone else to see mm-hmm. um so I think it's really good for us to like put our mental health first and like really do little things like you said like one or two things in the morning that's all you really need even just one thing like your peppermint tea like that gets you you know like being your best off in the morning or literally helps you stay a little bit grounded
1: yeah very grounded I mean- I love my peppermint tea. I I used to not be a tea a tea drinker before the pandemic but obviously that needed to change and I started doing it and what I found was just like having that little moment of like I need the the time that it takes is always going to be the time that it takes to heat this water. The time that it takes for my tea to steep is going to be the time that it takes. And there's something I don't know, like meditative about that. And also I'm engaging in a process that humans have been doing for a long time. People have been making tea forever. And I'm sitting in the same six minute window that every other person who's made a cup of tea has. And there's something like oddly comforting about that. Like this cup of tea, this process has not changed very much since the beginning of time. So collective unconscious, I don't know. Like I, I think tea is a, fascinating drink i love tea now i didn't always but,
2: um, that's so cool i like the way you yeah. described that that's really interesting because yeah. yeah it is the same amount of time for everybody to heat up the water and just keep it moving
1: and you can put your tea in longer you know but recommended is like you know six minutes that's it you know you know
2: i love it on a more lighthearted note tell us what is the funniest or wildest, most intriguing, or most inspirational DM that you've ever received?
1: Actually, I'll just pull it up.
2: Oh, yes. Okay. Mm. Let me pull it up. We liked we like primary sources here.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, it was really interesting. Oh, business stuff. Oh, I had to translate it. Um because I, uh, I book an artist for my, my open mic on the 12th. Uh, i like having like live art there just to give people like something else to do. It's a creative space. Why not give an opportunity? So um, he sent me I was featured in Time Out magazine as like you know iconic New Yorkers ch- saying what it takes to be a New Yorker. And oh, yeah. I posted it, but he just found the post and sent it to me. And I was like, oh yeah, that's me. And then he wrote Te estamos dando seguimiento. And that means like we're watching you, we're following you, like, you know, like, there's like a sort of like people in my corner, and um, so that was like in person. That was like the most intriguing DM. But like I've had another like a lot of random conversations of people be like, "Yo, I've seen what you've been doing. Like the world is your oyster. Keep it up. Like we we believe in you." So yeah, that whole notion of like. I try not to think about it too much because then it gets too scary. <laughs> like I don't want I don't like the I'm like, I'm just having fun, like we're doing the work, we're doing I'm I'm living my dream and I and I was so afraid to do this for so long. And to be doing it and to be as happy as I am and to be as successful as I am so quickly It's just like I feel like I'm finally right. You know, like I was lost and wrong for a while. And so to feel that is is incredible. So yeah, that was like the most recent thing
2: that's so beautiful that's so beautiful and it has to be motivating and inspiring to just keep doing all that you're doing i mean
1: yeah and it's also like you know i spent so much time consumed by like others expectations of me and leaning into my weaknesses or trying to fix my weaknesses as a leader as a person and like focusing on the flaws as opposed to like really leaning into my strengths and what's gonna make me happy you know and i and i felt like i owed it to myself to take that risk and boom you know it's 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 so rewarding and um you know it's not without its trials tribulations and stressors every job has its bullshit, but like it's so much worth i don't know like i just feel like the work i do matters and that's been a different kind of motivation
3: okay so we're gonna go into the dm of the week and yes. they asked what surprises you the most when you put words on a page
1: what surprises me the most when i put words on a page how fire my stuff is <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> okay <Wow>. <laughs> so, <laughs> no, I, I so this is like half joking half serious but like it, so a lot of poetry is like doing writing workshops or participating in writing workshops, not just like facilitating them. I love a workshop because, you know, an open mic is just you get to perform and you get to do what it is that you do. Or writing workshops in person, and virtual, it's like we all respond to the same prompt. So it's cool to see how other people interpret things and what comes out of the, of the same inspiration. It's, it's fascinating. And I'm really good at like first draft poems like coming out real quick and boom. So I'm always like really surprised to see like, okay, where did I take this? Like, what was my angle? And like, how did I attack this prompt to come up with something that was creative, but also authentic and yeah, I really love um, seeing where my mind goes when I like put in parameters. Because, you know, as as fellow creatives, creativity thrives when there are limitations. So having, like, a very, like, specific prompt is, like, okay, like, how are we doing this?
3: Nico, I have a question for you. Have you ever experienced, like, writer's block or poet's block? And how have you combated that or, you know, gotten to the other side of that?
1: So, no. I What I will say is that I'm experiencing right now is, like, a, a dry spell. is because, like, I haven't been sitting down to write as much as I should. And that is less of a function of lack of inspiration or more of lack of discipline or just i'm been really busy and like doing all the things so i need to do better about protecting the time but i will say i had a um like i guess a mentor jp infante he's a short story uh writer here in new york dominican and he was like one of the first people that like saw my writing was like yo that's really interesting he said that like normally if there's writer's block it means that you're not digging deep enough if you really dig deep and really think about who you are the things you've been through and like often the places that we want to run away from are the, the places we should go first and so there's always more exploring to do whether it's your childhood relationship with your parents your identity where you are now reflecting on on different things like i really am not like you know knock on wood like i haven't experienced writer's block where it's like it's like, there's always something. And, and also like doing like these writing workshops is so key. Like I think having somebody else facilitate the the writing experience and trusting them to take me on the road and see what stuff I come up with. Um, so
3: yeah, I, I don't know. No, that's cool. That is, It's actually, you're blessed to be able to, you know, do what you love and also not like words just flow to you, which is really cool to have that talent. Say that skill.
2: Nico, you have been such a gift. Oh my goodness. Thank you so much again for taking the time out of your busy schedule during National Poetry Month to come and talk to us here on the podcast. But before we let you go, please tell us and our listeners where we can find you, how we can keep up with New York Poets Cafe, and anything else that you want to tell us about. Also, keep in mind whenever you're ready with your book. Come back and visit us because we want to hear more about that too. But yeah, go on. Sorry.
1: <laughs> no pressure. No pressure, Alejandro. Um, no, I, I did it to myself. I shouldn't have said it if I didn't want people to know. <laughs> um, right? You know, oh, uh, oh.
3: <laughs> yeah,
1: this is this is what this is what happens with artists. You, you I say it to the world and now like there's expectation, and now I mm-hmm. I can't buckle under pressure. Um but we'll do it. No, thank you so much, first of all, for having me. This has been a pleasure. Like I said, I love talking and engaging, and you all have been uh, amazing uh, so i appreciate you so if you all are interested in keeping up with the things that i have going on either in my own artistry or through the work i do with the cafe you can follow me at nico diaz dot N Y C on ig and then you can also follow me uh the cafe at new yorican poets cafe and u-y-o-r-i-c-a-n poets cafe so yeah that's uh that's us. And like, yo, we just got a lot of amazing things happening. And it's just gonna get more and more and bigger and bigger. Like, as you know, like we just we really have our enterprise. And I think poetry is really having a moment right now because post-pandemic, like I think people realize like how uncentered they were. Mm-hmm. And mental health was in an all time decline. And with therapy mental health support not being as accessible as it could be poetry provides an opportunity to have a community and provide healing space where it's not where it's cheap and inaccessible so either it's people speaking their truth or hearing something that as a truth they didn't even consider i think poetry is really like optimal for that so i'm excited for what we have planned and bring poetry to the masses
2: (laughs) well thank you so much again and until next time we will see you soon
3: Well, you guys, this was an incredible episode. I know that uh, me and Alejandro both had an amazing opportunity to talk to Nico. Let us know your thoughts, please, as always, because we are looking to hear from you. We love your DMs that you send us because... That's a way for you to even connect with the guest, which is really cool and a really cool way for you guys to connect and um, be a part of the show because you guys are a part of our family. So thank you for sending those DMs and please keep keep on sending.
2: Yeah, those DMs help us identify who we can reach out to for new conversations and to understand what you want to continue learning about or growing within. So DMs are open, our letters are are we're always accepting letters we're always accepting voicemails or anything that you want that's gonna clue us into to how we can help you grow in either your daily practices your morning routines healthy habits and just making a positive impact in this beautiful thing called life
3: (laughs) and please rate and review subscribe do all the things you gotta do um Mm -hmm. to let us know how we're doing. Because it's important to us, too.
2: All right. So it's been another episode of Damsels in the DMs.
3: Until next time.
2: It's going down in the DMs.
3: Bye.
1: Bye. (laughs) DMs, DMs. We don't need them. We just leave them. Please.
3: It's going down in the DMs.
1: Bye. Thank you for listening to Believe.